Hello, I'm Felicia King, and you're listening to Breakfast Bites. On today's show, we're going to talk about some privacy infringement things and a little bit of tidbits on the Colonial Pipeline attack, then uh, service providers, how they may be influencing your business to do things that are not good for you, and just other things you need to be aware of if you are a consumer of technology services from a business or even a personal standpoint. So let's get started. Uh, first, I want to talk about Verizon unleashing their hyper-precise location services. That is their language. They call it the hyper-precise location services. They've got it uh, going in 100 markets right now as of April 2021. And the purpose of this is supposed to be, you know, allowing self-driving cars and uh, certain types of cellular vehicle to everything technology. And they claim that they're going to do this with all kinds of lovely privacy protections in it. Now, I don't believe that for a millisecond. I think instead this is exactly the technology that the technocrats want so that they can cover what's called the last inch. So the last mile has been something that the 5G, 4G networks, and you know now the the Elon Musk uh, Sky Satellite uh, data services are supposed to be covering. This is why there's been this incredibly poor for your health and privacy invading, as well as frankly property rights invading technology that is being pushed associated with getting consumers to consent to having 5G and now 6G wireless repeaters installed on their homes. So I just want to bring this to your attention because it's incredibly bad for your health to subject your body to more electromagnetic frequency radiation. And a number of cellular data providers as well as you know other internet service providers are uh, running around and offering people $600 for consenting to have one of these microwave antennas installed on their home. And there was a massive lawsuit that happened that was intending, uh, this was between Children's Health Defense and the FCC, where they were intending to create informed consent as well as just consent in general uh, with regards to privacy right or property rights, that if you lived next door to someone and they wanted to put up a one of these antennas on their home and they lived right next door to you, that they would have to get your consent in order to do this. This is the same thing as like easements for We Energies or Spectrum or AT&T, anyone like that. If you've got a transformer on your property or you have 
some sort of a, an extension of a connection into your property for you know natural gas or high voltage or even low voltage cabling again there is going to be typically what is considered to be an easement so that spectrum we energies etc uh, can access those poles or those transformers or those service boxes that is what easements are for so when you consent to have one of these devices installed on your home you're granting these behemoth companies an easement onto your home and you don't have any control over this device and it will emanate electromagnetic frequency radiation into your home now if you have any concern or question about what might be the adverse health effects of this the FCC themselves have said that 2G this is 2G right and I mean obviously 3G 4G 5G and 6G are all more intense radiation than what 2G ever was and yet 2G has been found to cause cancer there's been decades of studies and proof from inordinate quantities of resources about the adverse health effects of simply sleeping on the other side of a wall where there is a, an electrical metering system there was out in Stanford this is Stanford University a bunch of students who whose dormitory rooms were their beds were basically on the other side of a wall that had a bunch of high voltage electrical meters there and a bunch of them ended up with brain cancer and leukemia how many times have we seen situations where people's homes are way too close to a high voltage power line and then children end up getting leukemia who live there so this may or may not affect you but the reality is that it affects and it significant percentage of the human population and it has been known to be a long-term uh, known health risk for a very long time and clearly commercial interests are adamant about denying you uh, denying this the same way as they deny that certain people's health are affected by giant wind turbines okay it's the same thing now, it may or may not affect you but I think it's incredibly irresponsible to say well it's never going to affect you and that you know we're inundated by FM radio waves and you know cellular data waves all the time and that you know it has no health effect well that's just being willfully ignoring the decades of data that's out there by extremely widespread credible resources so if if you're willing to accept that then how good of an idea is it to put one of these devices on your home and unfortunately the lawsuit between children's health defense and the FCC failed and so now as a neighbor of one of these people who thinks that their health is worth less than six hundred dollars 
as a neighbor, you your property rights and your health rights are now going to be violated by someone who is consenting to have a permanent easement placed on their home for one of these wireless 5G, 6G cellular antenna units. So that's part of the effort that was called the last mile. It was this effort, and it continues to be an ongoing effort, in order to cover every mile of the United States, and in many cases, every mile of the planet, with the surveillance technology that is enabling all of these Internet of Things devices. You know, why do you need to have a lawnmower that has a radio antenna in it that can be remote controlled? How badly do you need a thermostat that's going to connect to wireless that can be remotely controlled? Uh, and I mean, all of these things come with risks. Driverless automobiles. So the next big intrusive piece to this, though, is the last inch. And the last inch is the ubiquitous coverage of, again, wireless data transmission signaling at high speed. And this is generally occurring over 4G and 5G. I watched an interesting documentary of the construction manufacturing uh, equipment company called SANI, S-A-N-Y, SANI, which happens to be a, a, a Chinese version of Caterpillar. And their diggers, you know, their backhoes are all literally able to be controlled remotely from a virtual reality enabled and facilitated uh, cab. So where this does have some applicability, for example, they used some of these backhoes in the Fukushima area where they did not want to have humans in those backhoes, they remotely controlled and used virtual reality technology in order to have a, an operator inside of this VR platform remotely controlling the digger that was operating in Fukushima. Now that was possible and they said that that was possible anywhere in the entire world where 4G 5, and 5G technology had adequate coverage. Right, so this is the last mile technology that they're talking about. Without 4G, 5G technology, or better, you don't have enough transfer speed and low latency transmissibility of data in order to have that remote control capability. So Verizon's hyper-precise location service is also part of this. 
And SANI, of course, has their own hyper-precise location service. How they're doing it, I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing they're probably doing it by tapping into the Chinese government-owned GPS-type satellites that are uh, flipping around the, uh, the, the stratosphere, or the, uh, you know, the exostratosphere of the planet. So you need to be aware as a consumer of the adverse health impacts as well as the nefarious nature of how some of these technologies have already been utilized and that they will only more intentionally be utilized. So just be aware of that. I really strongly would not recommend engaging in the installation of more wireless I mean, I personally have firsthand experience over a long period of time working with so many clients that live in, they could still be living in single family residential, you know, not necessarily in apartments, but I have some clients that do live in apartments and the problem is even, astro I mean, it's astronomically worse. It's, it's horrendous that there are so many issues with getting effective wireless signal to even work in these spaces because there is so much noise, so much radio frequency interference from disparately controlled wireless sources. When I say wireless, I'm talking about you know, 2.4 gigahertz, 5 gigahertz, 3 gigahertz, 5 gigahertz, 6 gigahertz, you know, whatever these things are. Sometimes it's Bluetooth technology, sometimes it's, um, you know, DECT systems, that's DECT, but fundamentally it's all irradiating your human body. And I know from a technology standpoint how many challenges exist from simply having all of this RF noise going on. And the wireless access points that we use for networking are extremely intelligent and they provide us loads of data about co-channel interference, uh, different wireless access points that are popping up and when they're popping up and how much interference they're causing and what they're trying to do. And I am sad very sad for all the humans that are living in these high density population zones where every one of their neighbors especially in an apartment complex is just blasting blasting this wireless signal absolutely blasting it and the reason that they're blasting the power on the wireless signal is because they've also got co-channel interference and the only thing that they're doing is leaving it on default and default is where power is at a hundred percent especially the consumer devices and then there are these efforts by internet service providers such as spectrum to place spectrum wireless everywhere that they possibly can, which is why what you've seen Spectrum doing is that if there's a business that has purchased Spectrum Internet, 
then they say, oh, well, we're going to give you this free wireless modem and, you know, this is going to be the Spectrum Wireless. Well, first off, that thing is going to actually interfere with the wireless that you actually want to have for your business, but you're also blasting that signal throughout, you know, all the human bodies in that space, and it's going to be constantly trying to overcome the wireless signal for your own business, but you're also um, perpetuating, I think, this, this issue of other people saying, oh, well, I'm going to go over here, now I'm going to blast my wireless signal for my little devices, because I see that there's a spectrum-free Wi-Fi internet over here in this space, you know? Uh, it's again, it's the concept of the last mile and the last inch. Uh, one of the things that has really perturbed me is the lack of informed consent around so many of these technologies where, I'll give you a great example of this, and I see this happening all the time. You'll see an employer that has, that wants to offer uh, medical insurance benefits to their employees because, well, a lot of employees think that they need to have that as an employer-sponsored plan. You know, whether or not they need to have medical insurances, that's a private choice for them. But uh, employer-sponsored comes with its own set of dangers. So the employer will typically get their arm twisted from the medical insurance company and say, well, we're going to jack up your premiums by this amount unless you put all of your employees into a mandatory wellness program. And oftentimes that mandatory wellness program comes with drastically more intrusive things than what you really want. And the reason is, is because they are profiting from the sale of that medical data and there is no informed consent about this. And I would say usually the HR directors at these companies don't have the technical background to adequately investigate what's going on with this. They're just looking at the fact that, oh, well, we're going to lower our premiums by doing this. And, you know, this is a, a benefit that we offer to employees. So we're just going to have now a mandatory wellness program. And I have no issue whatsoever with a mandatory wellness program that says that, you know, you need to get up at the beginning of your shift and do exercises and stretches. I mean, that has a lot of efficacy for certainty. But where it gets into the realm that says, we're now going to mandate that you wear a Fitbit and that you then upload the data in this Fitbit on a daily basis or even a weekly basis to the employer-sponsored medical insurance company surveillance program, well, that's where I got to draw the line. Because number one, I don't want a Fitbit on my wrist irradiating me with Bluetooth signal all the time. And no, I don't carry a cell phone in my pocket all the time. Thank you very much. It's very well proven that if you keep these devices adequately far enough away from your body, the adverse impacts from them can be 
uh, mitigated to a certain degree. Now, would I want to have my bed where I sleep on the exact opposite side of a wall where there was a high voltage electrical metering system? No, absolutely not. I would move that bed. Okay, I would absolutely move that bed. And uh, am I going to sleep with a cell phone next to me? Oh, heck no. That thing is going to be in two or three rooms away. I don't want to be sleeping with any of that sort of technology next to me. Uh, in terms of wireless access points, I, I think the power should be down on those to the degree that only that they need to be on. And don't go hog wild with the number of wireless access points that you have. So uh, I thought that this whole topic of the hyper-precise location service was so well tied into these overall topics of lacking in informed consent, uh, technocratically driven surveillance technology that looks to be convenient for you, but really... I don't think that most people have informed consent when they're utilizing this technology. So my suggestion would be most definitely do not consent to having any of these radio antennas installed and attached onto your home. Wow, I would stay away from that big time. I would also stay away from having any wireless technology installed in your home by anyone that you don't have control over uh, and, you know, that you don't technically own. I mean, when you consent to having Spectrum's wireless installed in your building, you don't control it. You've got none, no control over that whatsoever. You know, and your IT consultant has no control over that. So the level of control you have is uh, it's either there or it's not, right? And if you can't control it, meaning you cannot tamp down the power on it and uh, you can't control when that wireless is active, to what degree it's active, if you just, you know, you can't control it, meaning you then can't control the risk or the harm that may be coming from that, then I would just not have it at all. And I would also not be keen on assigning an easement to anyone to install uh, some of their technology on my property. Uh, because as soon as you have consented to that, you know, you have to realize that this is now, it's a permanent easement. I mean, like, that's the terms and conditions of the contract. And it's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to let We Energies put a transformer on my property because you need electricity. I mean, unless you're going to spend probably $80,000 on a ton of solar panels and a bunch of, you know, generator equipment. I mean, you know, it, it gets to be crazy. So I can certainly see the value of having an easement for We Energies because you need electricity. But there are better, more health-effective ways to get internet access uh, as opposed to having, you know, and I'm typically talking about wired technologies here, uh, as opposed to allowing an easement for uh, having a wireless radio antenna installed on your home. Okay, so let's talk about the next crazy level of non-consenting 
invasive technology that has recently become um, public domain only by the efforts of some kind of investigative humans. And I do enjoy the curiosity of the human mind. And I am posting this link, but basically some folks found out kind of accidentally through the use of some uh, video cameras that they have that pick up infrared uh, sensing, you know, that actually pick up infrared, okay? Because the human eye is not capable of seeing certain bands of infrared. There's basically two bands of infrared. One is visible light, one is invisible light. And they're, you know, different spectrums. Well, what this couple who was doing this investigation, what they found was that if you enable face unlock on your Apple iPhone, the Apple iPhone is literally taking a picture of your face every few seconds. I mean, somewhere's in the realm of about every five seconds, it's doing it. And <laughs> wow, you know, do you realize that that's actually what's happening? So first off, face unlock is eating your battery life. You know, that, that's one thing right there. It's eating the battery life on your Apple iPhone because it's sitting there and taking a picture using the front-facing camera every five seconds. So it's illuminating your face and it's taking a picture. What is it doing with that data? Is it then, is this locally processing it? Is it consuming your data plan? Now, I don't know, they didn't investigate that. What they basically investigated was that if you use face unlock, meaning the facial recognition technology on an Apple iPhone, it's going to be taking a picture of whatever the, the phone is pointed at around about every five seconds. And I have no reason to believe that Android phones work differently. This also raises a fascinating question, which is in the realm of things like Adobe Eye Tracker uh, or Windows Hello as an authentication mechanism. So, <laughs> you know, are you aware of what this technology is doing? I can say that with Windows Hello, it is, once you've enrolled into it, it is being locally processed. So that's a good thing, right? It's a local process functionality. What is not clear is how frequently your Windows Hello capable webcam is taking pictures of your face. The way that Windows Hello is supposed to work is that it's supposed to be fairly seamless where it sees your face and then unlock, right? You're not interacting with it really in order to get it to unlock. 
the computer screen, it's just supposed to unlock it because your face is seen. Well, inherently, this means that it's taking pictures of your face all the time. <laughs> are you aware that that's what's happening? I mean, I know of these people that are using a face unlock on an iPad. Okay, so that's great, I guess. Did you know that it was taking pictures of you every five seconds? So things to think about, folks. <laughs> I'm going to post a, a link to a really good article on the timeline and components of the colonial pipeline attack. If there's any of you that are in the information technology space, I think that that article is worth, it's definitely worth a read because it also has some useful statistics in there about how ransomware is arriving, uh, how many, what types of systems are being attacked by ransomware and these sorts of things that can help you kind of focus in on best effort, where your best efforts should be applied. But in general, uh, it's not just this article, but tons of other resources that I see all the time are effectively saying in excess of 85% of successful um, breaches that were initiated from external sources. So I'm not talking about insider attacks here. I'm talking about attacks that were uh, perpetrated on an organization. Uh, in excess of 85% of these are things that are coming through the email system. Now, you can't practically just deny all links and emails, right? So what can you do? Well, you need to restrict the things that your computer systems can make outbound connections to, which is then catching the bad stuff on the mechanism whereby the system that has launched the malicious link, it's no longer able to reach out to the bad stuff and download the next payload component in the attack. So think very carefully about network, layer security, cybersecurity kill chain, and the MITRE attack framework. But that's all the time we've got for today. I'll have to go into those other topics on another show.